Life happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. A very good afternoon to you. My name is Pemelo Modene. Welcome to Life Happens. We're with you until three today. One more time, we're coming to you from Cape Town, live from Cape Town on day two of a summit that's been put together by Africa for Africa Women. It's a summit that has been ongoing. We are discussing all things gender. Uh, at the center of this is gender equality matters for human rights. This is really at the center of day two of the discussions here. Really interesting insights interesting speakers. I'm going to be giving you um, a, an insight as to what has been happening. I'll be speaking to some of the speakers that we had a little bit earlier on, but really it's been riveting, it's been impactful, it's been full of a lot of, lot of insight. My first interview, I'd had to record it because uh, the, the, the speaker wasn't able to stay with us, but I do want to give you a sense of the type of content that we've been covering here. Steta Say joined us here and really it's it was, it was an eye-opener. It was an eye opener because we hear about stats generally when we talk about you know census time that's when everybody in the country gets a bit crazy about the stats but the stats are released quite regularly and um, in an age where Twitter becomes where people source news unverified news in an age where we know that false news trends right it is imperative for us to understand the truth about where the numbers come from. What exactly is the, rate da- the, the right data that we should be following? So I had a conversation, I had a sit down earlier on with Ashwell Jenica, who is a Deputy Director General at States SA, and this is how that went. Well, well, we, we provide the numbers, so it's a, it's a fairly easy job to provide the numbers. I mean, the tricky thing is to see what should be done next. And Statsa is not involved in what should be done next. But what we would like to do is to empower everyone to know what the numbers is so that people can understand the situation in South Africa, especially the situation for women in South Africa. I mean, you, you, you make the point, as you said just now, that your role is not to, you know, to distill too much out of what then, really. Your role is to give us the stats. But there are some stats that you can give us that, that allow us to understand, for instance, impact. In as much as you're not trying to assess them too much, you can give us impact stats, for instance. Yeah, I mean, you, we, we know that poverty and inequality, for, for example, is the biggest two issues that we've got in South Africa. I mean, taking into account that we're a fairly young population uh, in South Africa, and what we know is the biggest drivers for poverty and inequality is employment and education. So what we need to do is we need to make sure that we find employment for the people in South Africa, and we need to educate. I mean, the stats is saying that 3.3 million of our youth between 15 and, 20 and 24 is, is neither in employment, nor in education, nor in training. So we know that we need to do something to create employment and to educate or create skills for those youth in South Africa. Obviously, that very much linked to a, a thriving economy. So you, you can say that, but on the back of an economy that's not thriving, that's also very difficult to achieve. Yeah, we know that, that the economy should be growing above 5% according to the NDP if we want to create jobs. What we find at the moment is that our economy is growing this quarter at 3.1% and it's up from minus 3.2% in the previous quarter. So a lot more should be done 
to create an economy that can have jobs for the people of South Africa. What's important, though, is also for us to understand distilling the stats that you're giving us, how then we strategize on this growth that we talk about. So the issues that you've just spoken about, is there education? So we know that there are a number of young black women who drop out of school, high school, because not because they don't understand the value of education, but because, you know, the odds are stacked up against them. They aren't able to go to school. They've got family commitments that they need to deal with. They are either falling pregnant and fall off the system, for instance. Mm -hmm. Understanding all of that, this should obviously then inform us in how do we then allow them to still come back to being part of the economy, understanding that they are not a skilled labor, for instance. Yeah, I mean, what we see is that 3.3 million uh, people are not skilled and they're not in employment and they're not in training. So what we need to do is totally think differently around how we structure jobs in South Africa, because clearly the the, the economy is structured to such an extent where it can provide jobs for very educated and very skilled people. Mm. We need to create jobs for 3.3 million people that's not skilled, not, not educated. Mm. So we need to think outside of the box. We need to think maybe entrepreneurship. Mm. We need to think um, mining, construction, agriculture. We need to think tourism, creating jobs in these fields, which is not necessarily big in terms of our economy, but uh, it could accommodate a lot of jobs where our women and, and men that's within the age group of 15 to 24 can be occupied. Because that speaks to a specific type of optimism in a culture, in a people, where if people have completely lost hope of anything at all, where they don't wake, wake up thinking of going to a job, thinking of going to school or any form of training, that's a ticking time bomb. You guys have a technical word for it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what we've got in South Africa is a potential demographic dividend where you've got all these youth, 60, more than 65% of our youth is, uh, of our population is in the middle, not the young, not the old. Now, the qu question is, how do you potentially use this demographic dividend and not turn it into a demographic bomb? Mm. I mean, what we saw in Gauteng last night is the eruptions of this bomb and what we need to create in South Africa is hope. We need to crea uh, create hope for the future so that people can wake up in the morning, go and look for jobs at least. What we need to create is education and skills so that if jobs becomes available, we do then have the necessary education skills in order to do those types of jobs. I want us to hone in on the work that you do in distilling, for instance, inequality because Unless you understand that in as much as perhaps you get to this first bit where you have given work. So we, we've allowed for an environment where there is work, whatever that work is. However, that work does not address the sense of alleviating what is felt as poverty. Very different issues there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we, when we look at poverty and, and inequality, I mean, the measure of poverty is either in terms of headcount, how many people are poor, or in terms of intensity, how do people feel it? How intensely do we, we feel the, the poverty? And if you come from, let's say, 2001 to 2016, mm. the same person that was poor in 2001, in 2016, would feel the poverty poor just rough. so much more. Yeah. Because remember now, petrol has gone up. The economy has gone down. So what we find is that people have got to pay more 
to get to work. People have got to pay more for food. And that means that poverty is being felt so much more severely. When it comes to the issue of inequality, I mean, inequality is measured in a total different way. And what we find that our background in South Africa makes that we've got institutional inequality, where people are poor. Uh, I mean, what we see, for example, with unemployment, women, especially black women, are more unemployed than any of the other races or gender. So it tells you that there's been an institutional way of dealing with things in the past that has resulted in our inequality the way it is now. And, th and that inequality also being the gender pay gap, being very evident in the stats. Yes, I mean, what we can see is that, for example, the, the head of household, when it's a male, that household just uh, earns way more when, when it, there's a female head of household. I mean, also in terms of how much uh, people are being paid by race, we see that the white race group is being paid much more than, for example, the black race group. So you've got racial inequality and gender inequality across the spectrum. I really appreciate it. What I do want us to emphasize, though, is access to this information. This is available at the finger, really at your fingertips. Yes, I mean, you can go to our website, www.statsaza.gov.za, and then you would find the information there, but you can also uh, like contact Statsaza. You will get our contact details there, and it's available to everyone, and it's available free. I mean, there's even, let me say, it's available free to everyone. Uh, the reason I'm making the point is that we live in this society where, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and news travel very fast, and headlines are making, you know, they're getting a lot of attention. It is our, our duty to go look at what the headline is, go to a source as reliable as yours, and check up on those facts. You know, that's, that's really the point of why I'm, I'm saying to you, it's available, and it's available freely to absolutely everybody. And as citizens, I mean, it's important that we keep government to account. And we can only keep government to account if we're abreast of what yeah. the information is. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we empower ourselves so that our voices can be heard yeah. to say, let's make sure that our tax money is being appropriately um, uh, applied to the resources in, in the country. I really appreciate the time you've given us. Thank you very much for spending the time with us this afternoon. Ashwal Jenneka, who's the Deputy Director General at StatsSA. Thank you.